Yes, sir. From the east side to the G side. Today's guests, my mans and them from, from years and years and years ago. My guy, Steph. What's going on, brother? Nothing much, man. How you feeling, my boy? Man, I, I, I'm excited to have you on here. I appreciate you joining me um, and being a part of this as we go along. Oh, man, it's a pleasure being here. Like you said, man, we haven't been able to catch up and connect in the physical. So no. I'm not come by, show love. You show me love by just inviting me. So, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anytime I see you, I try to speak to you while you are. I, I, you could be out shopping or hanging with your guys or whatever. And I always try to just speak and, and keep it pleasant, polite and respectful. You know what I mean? Because you always been someone that uh, I mean, I grew up with you. So there, to me, there's no point in not showing you no love. You oh, yeah. know what I mean? So. Definitely. You already know how that goes. Because you already know how you always get those. Um, you see somebody and you don't want it to be a prolonged and stuff. Yeah. That's how I used to be always, you know, always show respect. But, you know, one thing, always make sure to tell somebody in my man, continue to flourish. And I'll see you again on our journey and stuff like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Know? So that's why I like to do it. You know, because some people like to be funny, like, man, give me a number and I'm going to call you up and all that. You know, if you know you ain't got no intentions of calling, but you're like, hey, I'm going to see you again on our journey. Yes, sir. You know, keep it peace. You feel me? <laughs> yes, sir. And, and and I do have your number, but the reason why I did use the, the app was because I was already on there. So I was just oh. like, well, while I'm on here, let me just do it this way real quick. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, you know, people like, because, you know, Social media definitely keep people intertwined. I mean, people that you're friends of and you don't even speak to on an app and stuff like that, but then you see them in person. Thanks. And it's like, you know, we don't even talk in the in the on the social media uh part. So it's like, you know, I'm That's still facts. my dude, but you know, all right, you know, life. That's yeah. all that yeah. Is. We, we we we've all grown up, we we've went through these changing, these changing uh lanes. Uh, we've all we've all had to uh, progress and do our own thing. So it's only it's only right that, you know, that we do change and we do progress through life. But anytime I see you, I've always uh, shown love and dapped you up and gave you a, a hug. It's been plenty of times, well, not plenty, but it's been a few times I've seen you while you while you out shopping or, or you might have been headed to eat or something like that. And I always just want to just show love to the, to the guys. You know what I mean? Definitely always been a stand-up dude, my G. For real, appreciate it. Appreciate it. And I have and, and not not only that, but I also have I'm a man, I'm a human being, I have my moments of weakness. So uh even through that, you know, we 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 managed to still connect and 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 see each other and have positive energy towards one another. Oh, definitely, man. Definitely. Like everybody has their their weak moments, their dark times. You know, life is about valleys and peaks you know you just want to make sure your peaks are longer than your valleys and stuff but then also you never you never know what nobody going through but then on the but also on the flip side you never want to project what you're going going through onto somebody that's trying to show love so it's like just always got to keep it even keeled you know trying to keep things in respect you know like my like you know q you know when he see me stressed you know you always say never let him see you sweat you know so always keep that in mind and everything like that. Well, so I'll say this, never let them see you sweat, but make sure you got somebody to talk to about what may be uh, getting under your skin. Because, you know, as men, a lot of times we're, 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 we're natural leaders, right? So the thing about us is we're supposed to lead, provide, protect, do all these things. And, and while we're doing them, who do we go to 
while we're being strong? Who do we go to when we when we have a moment of weakness or when we get tired? And, you know, we're, we're never told really to have those moments or talk to someone. So I know there are a couple of people that I do sit with and, and I have those type of discussions with, you know. So that definitely, you know, never let them see you sweat, but make sure you got people in your corner that are that'll give you some motivation or give you that uh, that that place where you can go for time out or, or, or some mental healing, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's and that's and when he said that, that's basically like a vending circle for me. It's always good to have people like that in your corner that you can talk to, because in this world today, you know, they always say, you know, a black man can't show no emotion. Black man can't cry. Black man can't do anything showing that type of vulnerability. But, you know, it's good to have hang around most emotionally mature people that, that don't think like that, you know, because everybody, I don't care who it is, the most gangsterous person, you know, to the softest person to have always shed a tear. And you got to. And when you just let that build up, you know, a, a fly can land on your head and that can be your breaking point right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, know, you just spaz out. So it's always good because, you know, like you eat enough, you don't have to take a shit, you know. It's Talk about me. it. No, no, you're good. We grown. Okay. We grown. You, know, you know, you don't have to, you can't just keep it all up. You don't have to release it all. And once you release it, it's like... So it's a reason why, like, man, I feel 100 pounds lighter. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Because you got how, it all. And that's how it is when you're venting, you know, sometimes people are just there to vent, just to listen, just to let you just get your clip off. You know, you they don't even got to say nothing because you just been holding all this in. It's like, man, it's like, man, I just thank you for being there. And I done had that with me plenty of times. And I have been that listening ear plenty of times, you know, and I always just let pe my people know, especially like, man, if you just want somebody to talk to, not just even say nothing, I'm here, man. Cause that can just, that can be a load. That can, that can save somebody. And that's the best part about having good people in your corner is that sometimes they know not to give you advice some of them or whoever it is that one or two people they know to just listen and listening is a key sometimes sometimes you don't need advice sometimes you just know what to do sometimes you're just at that point where you're mentally or physically exhausted or both because i've been there i've been there. i've been mentally and physically exhausted and mm -hmm. when that when that mental exhaustion kicks in and you start feeling like you can't go that's when you gotta you know you got talk to somebody man because you want to unload that you don't you don't want that to build up and fester and start feeling alone and then that turns into something else where it becomes stress depression mm -hmm. drink drinking overeating or something like that you know yeah. you want to avoid those things definitely do because things can become an addiction drugs or not you know like you say overeating people depressed eat you know not even hungry just man over smoking, just I want to smoke till I'm numb, drink till I'm numb. And, you know, those may be, you know, it's good to recreation, but you know, that's not good for healing or self healing. You know, that's not healthy at all. Yep, everything in moderation. And a lot of times people don't understand, <clears throat> excuse me, when it comes to overeating, like they don't notice it because they feel like they're just filling themselves up but they don't know when they're hitting that point of no return or when they're getting ready to cross over that bridge. They don't necessarily know because, well, I'm eating and I'm, I'm being healthy. Right. But no, there's a point where you can do too much eating and you can overdo it. Yeah. Life is about balance. And if Absolutely. 
when you have a good balance, man, you know, like I say, you still gonna have your peaks and valleys, but you know, you have more level head with it and stuff like that. You won't get too high, you won't get too down about it. So yes, sir. So talk to me, man. What's up with this uh this hoodie? I see you on. See what well, you know, it's the uh, COVID-19 World Tour hoodie. Can't really see in the uh, fine words, but they say all I ask is wear a mask. Oh, really, I like that. You know, it really came about um, when the COVID like, really first popped off in 2020. You know, I wasn't really working at all. And I was like, man, I got kids. So I need to I need to do something. So, like, you know, that's when those uh, stimuli checks was popping. I didn't think, because I, I didn't think I was going to get one. One day in May, came in the mail. I'm like, ooh, let me go, let me go materialize this idea. So my uh, cousin, uh, Q, Quinn, you know, he, um, he does custom work, online-made clothing, look them up. Um, I was telling him my idea and he had helped me, you know, he, he basically held my hand through the whole process and stuff like that. Showing me how to do it, what to do. You know, he made me pay my dues, cleaning, cleaning uh, screens and stuff like that and everything. But I just felt like it was a uh, something fun to do something. That I think people can just wear and stuff like that. Cause it's an eyepiece, you know, get people talking like, what does that say? COVID? Oh, I like that, you know? So I just started my uh, my slight journey onto the merch and stuff. So I figured, it, you know, I didn't think it would be around this long. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody did. So I'm like, man, I done did a t-shirt. So this hoodie season now, let me get a hoodie. And then as you can see that, if you can really see the style is just like real clean and simple. Mm-hmm. So, and that'd be my thing. I don't really like things that's dated and stuff. I just like something that's real clean, simple, timeless and stuff like that so i and i pride myself on being the stylish type cat so you know i'm like man why not you know? what the hoodie go for oh they go for 50 right now uh pre-order you know right now you got the design on the back and then i mean you got the design on the front and then on the back you got like the cover your mouth and stuff like that and the puff print you know very warm you know Nice and thick, like you know what I'm saying. So no whammies this way. You're not gonna get that fifty dollar thin, uh, thin hoodie like you know. All right. Usually be in. You know, I like yes, to. Sir. I like to um, stand by quality and stuff like Absolutely. that. So you know, I want people to feel like they got their money's worth, and it's not like a quick money grab or nothing like that. You it, know? it ain't. It ain't one of them joints that's gonna shrink up after you wash nah, it. A nah, times, nah, is nah, it? nah, 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 nah. And it's fifty because I made sure I got a quality hoodie to print on and stuff like that. Okay. So you know, most people, and that'd be the thing with uh clothing. You know that I realized it's like um you'll be thinking like, damn, why, why are you paying this much for that? But if you touch on like a luxury brand like especially a t-shirt you feel how thick that cotton cotton is and everything and you be like damn i see why like the like sheets it's the difference between sleeping on the 303 account uh uh sheet and the difference between a thousand count three absolutely talk you about that you, you feel that softness and you oh yeah for more quality and stuff like yeah, that man i love some i love some good comfortable sheets man Man, tell me about it. I love some comfortable sheets, you know, and and not to just say the the fifteen hundred three account, 
But some mm-hmm. of those sateen sheets or some of those Egyptian cotton joints, they 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 they're really really good. They they be legit. A, a lady had to put me on. She was yeah. like, "What kind of sheets you sleeping on?" I'm like, yeah. "No need." Like, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> you got to up the game. I'm like, "All right, bet. yeah." You can't sleep on them hard sheets, pimp. You gotta have a you gotta have a good stuff because <laughs> it, it makes a difference when you laying down and it, it don't feel like you being. Scratched on, you know. You like know, to feel right? like somebody. You want to feel like somebody giving you a, a little caress. You know, you don't want to feel like somebody yeah. scratching at you. <laughs> real talk, real talk. So you know, as and that's and as you get older, definitely that quality. You don't mind paying for quality and stuff like that. Mm-mm, never. Convenience and shit like Listen, that. if if we if we if we will go out of our way to buy shoes and clothes that we think are comfortable, then it's more important for you at home to have comfort inside your home, especially in the bedroom where you lay your head and you try to get your rest at, you know, definitely. you definitely. Because the place you, you lay your head at, that's your sanctuary. You know, you want things to 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 symbolize you and your and your moments of solitude, you know. Talk about but it. you understand why people have like a whole bunch of collection of toys or games or even like a whole liquor shelf that's just for show. Like that's just their visual stimulant for relaxation, their their calmness and stuff like that. You know, everybody have a different vice, you know. And as you get older, you learn that some people love a record collection. Some people like a, a shoe collection. It's just stuff like that that brings like comfort to them and stuff. Absolutely, like that. absolutely. So like man, when you see people, women on the internet talking about a man playing their video game, it's like man, you just don't understand. That's like they cutting down their anxiety. Yeah, relaxing. They they're in a in an environment that they can control, kind of, you know. And they get to relax and chill the fuck out. Like I never. So that's the thing. I I understand. Like you know, they I guess they say video games are supposed to be for kids, but really, are they? You know, I don't think a kid really cares about a $500 device unless you show it to them and you introduce them to them like they're they happier with, with smaller devices they don't care necessarily about that but when women are saying men are their man is at home playing video games like a little kid you do you know where he could be I rather, you know, hey I'd rather spend 20 bucks on some VC points than 20 bucks on Big Cheryl shaking the ass in my face like, like I don't think they get that like why why would you complain or make a scene about a guy enjoying a video game. He's at home, whether he's at your place or he's at his actual house. He's at home. Uh-huh. He's he's probably eating food, chilling out. And if he's not answering your call, it's probably because he's at an intense part of this video game. Now, I don't play video games. Uh-huh. I did I did own a couple of systems, but I mostly use it for the DV, the DVD part, the Blu-ray part, and then also being able to play the video games. Like I would have company over and certain women would like to play video games too. So they was the ones that really introduced it to me. But right. uh, I w- I w- that's what I was using it for. However, I do understand why guys sit around and they play the video games and they have fun. Like that's in their own zone. What is so wrong with a guy sitting there playing a video game and minding his goddamn business? And you got access to him got access to them and what people fail to realize is we're we were the guinea pigs for video games so anybody born between like 77 through 80 you know and then like between really between 77 and 90 
we were the guinea pigs for video games with the Ataris, first first Nintendo suit, all that. All that. All that. We, we're that gener because actually we're that generation that can live without technology and and be good with it, you know. Because shit, we still know how to go outside and play basketball exactly. without even a video game. Exactly, because when we was in it, my pops, rest your soul, pop, you know, he uh, hit God that bless. breaker. He hit that breaker. Hey, y'all go outside, you know, force us, go outside, and then we'll just end up finding one of those basketball games in the alley, somebody who got a rim. Yeah, we, we we playing basketball somewhere. You you could you might end up playing, you might end up pitching pennies, you might end up uh playing hopscotch or whatever. Maybe you might end up at the tennis court. You you could be anywhere playing uh killer man, king of the hill. Man, oh come on, like you say, talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's different shit for us to do as kids growing up. Like now when you look outside, there's none of the kids are outside, they don't know where to do know what to do, they don't know where to go. Like we have park activities to go to. We could go to the park or I could call you up and like, yo, Steph, man, you coming outside? Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know? and, and, Definitely. and if you wasn't coming outside, you'd be like, yo, I ain't coming outside, but Q going to be here. I'm going to my cousin's house or my aunt's house, blah, 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 blah. Q getting ready to come out. He better go play ball. He'll meet you at the court. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, let him know. And then from there, before this technology boom is the way it is now, from there, I would meet Q at the park because that's where he said he was going to be. Yeah. People had a, and that'd be the thing. We had to go by our word <laughs> back in the day. That's why so many stand-up cats, man, because we ain't, it wasn't no finesse and no nope. you had to, you, you had to keep your word. Yo, and then your mom had to know where you was going to be at, right? And you had to be there because yeah. if you wasn't there and she found your ass anywhere else, you was getting your ass beat or drugged the fuck out of wherever you were. Your ass beat and no trust is taking your freedom is taken away. And that's the thing. All you had was your word. All you had was your word, man. And that'd be the thing like now, because now you see malls have curfews for the kids that's 16 and under. Mm. Back in the day, we was just begging, please just let us stay at the mall by ourselves. And then and it's always that thought in the back of our head, like a, one of our parents' moms. One of, uh, I mean, one of our parents' friends can see us acting a fool, and you know she's going to tell them. So it's going to be like, man, you got to stay on your best behavior because it's like, man, it's always a watching eye. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We wanted uh, to show, we wanted to show that we can be. We could be trusted. Exactly. We can be mature and everything like that. You know, because people wanted to operate, you know, as an adult. But yeah, because you wanted, you wanted to have that freedom you didn't want. Like, look, if you knew the rest of your friends were staying out to 10 o'clock, 11 on a weekend, you know, during the summer hours, whatever, when we don't have school, if they were doing that, you wanted to be a part of that. So you were trying to do your best to gain the respect and trust of your family or your guardian. So you mm-hmm. you, you cleaned the house, you did the dishes, you mowed the grass, you took out the trash, whatever it is, whatever choice you had, you did that shit. To, to make sure that you had the chance to go outside and be outside after the lights came on and when or whenever the curfew was, you know, but during the school hours, yo, when them lights came on, you had to get, you had yeah. to bust it to the crib. Bust it, especially during the winter nights. It's like, all right, well, I'm out. Unless you had a friend that was two houses down and y'all was, they just know you had to be at the crib, man. You had to you know? be at the crib. But that's how I'm raising my kids, though, now, because I see them too much 
into the YouTube and I one summer day, it was just hot as hell in the crib. I'm like, hey, I'll get up, man. We got to go take a swim, you know, because y'all need to be on, under the TV all damn day. No. All day, I need to get at. My kids are pretty active for the most part. You know, they'd be like, turn on the sprinklers. That's what I do like. But I just like, if I see them falling into that trap, you know, it's, yeah, let's get outside, go to the park or some stuff. Even if it's just for like 30 minutes or something, let's just get some get some of that vitamin D on our skin. Yeah, you need the vitamin D, but you also, so this is a thing you got to also remember though, Steph, being outside is the social network. That's the real social network. That's how you build character. That's how you understand how to talk to people and get along with people. That's how you understand what competition is and playing sports and things like that. They A lot of them don't understand that, and the parents are forgetting that part. Like, it's important for the kids to get outside and do these things, bro. Yeah, definitely, man. Especially that competition part, because I remember when we first came around, uh, Jesse Owens, and he was just like, he was the A1 athlete up there. <laughs> no, I was, I was one of. I was one of. I wasn't you, the A1. You was one of, but, you know, definitely first pick, you know, you know, definitely first pick. So, but you know, you on the hoop is like, man, I get my game up. Get football, you definitely got to get your game up. And that's why I love, man. You just knew, you already knew what it was. You got to get into some healthy competition. And, and the best part was that as everybody got older, they got better competitively. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even though, even though certain people were picking their sports, some people might have went to football. Some people might have went to to uh basketball some people might have went to baseball yeah. even even no matter what when we linked up we all still had that competitive drive and it was still all cool even at the everybody oh, yeah. got called a punk a pussy a bitch and all that it oh, was yeah. competitive you know what i mean oh yeah definitely because that's what we come on we grew up in the mike era gary payton and stuff like that so it was like never no hard feelings Talk and as it. you got older you saw because you saw that little smirk on the face or something like that you know you can inflection and in voices your tone your, your the way you your way you um deliver it you can tell when it's jovial and when it's serious and stuff like yeah. that Especially yeah. with people I grew up with, you know, when there's yeah. some outsider, even with an outsider, you can kind of tell because they, you know, but sometimes you can tell even the person you grew up with is starting to get serious. You'd be like, me, I'm, I'm the person that chooses the least, the path of least resistance. So I'll be like, all right, you, you, you were the guy that always fuck with people. I remember for anybody that's <laughs> listening, man, Steph fuck with people a lot. Like motherfuckers wanted to beat Steph ass. And this no, is serious. And that's the thing, though. He was a jokester. I was a jokester, too. But, you know, I was small and people didn't think I can I can compete. Well, you know, because I remember one time my uh, I had a, a younger cousin. This is when Mr. Ali brought out the rolling rim and stuff. And um, I had a younger cousin. He was kind of taller than me. He was in fourth grade, though. I was in seventh. Hmm. So somebody had chose him over me and Q was like what all right so then after that happened I'm like well me and Q on squad especially the rims where we can dunk on to it's over with so we just started man we hooping them up everything and I remember the dude named Charlie afterwards he he was following us because it was the game one the 97 NBA finals I remember it too and um 
he was just following home, talking, talking about my head, Bobby's real head, and something out the blue. I was like, yeah, I bet Bobby's real to kick your ass. So then he had turned around because him and his homeboy was on the bike. He was riding on the uh, on the handlebar. He's like, what? What'd you say? I was like, I don't even want no trouble and stuff. I saw him pull the chain out his uh, coat. I was like, oh, shit, man. I hope I don't get hit with that motherfucker. But he just kept egging me, egging me, egging me on. And I just snapped. And I just, we just, man, I put him on the ground. Had to throw them things, baby. Had to throw them things. And I was crying when I was doing because I was so mad and stuff. Because I was like, man, because it's like growing up. Cause I like my OG. I was scared of my OG. She was like, "Man, if you fight in school, I'm gonna beat your ass." And I always used to have that in the back of my mind, like, "Man, if I fight, I'm gonna get in trouble and stuff like that." So I'm not trying to fight. But, but you gotta do, you gotta defend yourself because you don't want nobody to think that you pussy. You don't want nobody to think that you a exactly, punk, man. Exactly. So I we walked to Q crib. My pops was uh, there, and he was like, what happened? I was like, man, I got in the fight. Like, why you cry? You, you lost? I'm like, no. Like, man, stop all that crying, man. You had to fight. You know, you like, man, you had. And that's where fathers are definitely needed, you know? Got to have it. You got to have a male in the house, man, I, in a child's life. Because I think my mother really said that because she didn't want things to transpire even more. She's thinking more so like, man, you know, make sure you're just getting out the way, staying out the way, you know, not not running from adversity, but trying your best to avoid it, you know, whereas a father is there to tell you adversity is going to come. You have to stand up to it. You know, yeah. you're going to have to fight. You can't, you can't run away from shit all your life. No, because no, if you if you run from adversity, you're going to always run from it. And the thing about adversity is, Adversity is there to make you stronger. It's there to make you a better person. It's there to give you the learning lesson that you needed at that time to mm -hmm. make to make sure that you grow mentally. Exactly. And if you run from that, you'll you you'll always be a coward. No one no one will be able to trust in you. That they would. That no one will believe that you can keep your word in anything. Exactly. Because just think about it. every time we done went through that fire. We, we was like, oh, shit, but then we came out. We like, shit, I want to go through that motherfucking fire. Again. Right, and I ain't like, oh, it wasn't even that bad, man. It wasn't It wasn't that bad at all. So, you know, that's that's one thing, you know, that's, that was one of the moments I was like, man, shit, fuck, fuck being afraid to fight, shit, you yeah. know. And that's how it was with me. We, we, did a, we did a lot of fighting growing up, though. It was a lot of fighting happening around there. It was a lot of fighting, but good thing it was fighting where, you know, at the most, somebody probably tried to bring a pipe and somebody would come like, you don't need no pipe or nothing like that. Yeah. You know, the, the, the best part about it was that we could square up, though, like they would let us square up and we do what we need to do. If anybody's listening, we come from a different era. This is mm -hmm. way before the guns. The gun, the guns got out of control. Like we could actually square up in the middle of the street on a sidewalk or in the alley, and we could thump for as long as you could go. Right. And, and if, whether it was a win, lose, or draw, you got up, you dusted yourself off, and you went about your business. Sometimes you and the person that you was fighting, y'all ended up being friends after that. I was just about to say that. Me and Charlie end up being cool because it because sports being like 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 we just said. Being outside was the social media. So it's like, especially if you're in a neighborhood, y'all like to play sports. Y'all going to have mutual friends. It's going to be like, after y'all already done did it, it's like, all right, well, I really ain't got nothing else in my heart. You know, everybody. You know what? 
Salute to Q, because I remember he would usually pick you first, I think, or he would pick you second. You know, yeah. I think he was just like, yo, I'm riding with my dog no matter what. Oh, yeah, you know, come on, we both know each other's skills. That's how yeah. we always play. We I just thought play. about that. <laughs> I just thought about that. Because the way we always play it, it's like, well, we already know they're going to overlook you. So if it's somebody that's like, we already know that's, because I'm a, I'm self-aware. I like to pride myself on being self-aware. So if we see somebody that I know that's better, oh, yeah, go grab him. And then I'm going to be off in the tuck. Right. Just give me last. Just give me last. Exactly. If they better, if they get 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 everybody and then put me on their last, and we gonna rock exactly. Out. Yeah, exactly. I, I know. I, I saw what y'all was doing. I didn't even say nothing. I was just like, all right. <laughs> I know you, what they up to. But you, Desmond, and my and my other guy Brian, y'all always used to be on the squad too, though. Yeah, yeah. You them, know, them, them was like little brothers to me at the time. You know. Oh yeah, definitely, man. That's what I'm saying. It was just like that, but. Like we after a person fight, we see each other. They, and we and that person you know, you fighting with, y'all might as well be on the end up being on the same team, having chemistry and stuff yeah. like that, and every and everything is squashed. Everybody like people are afraid to take an L because everybody's so quick to record shit, and it's in the history of the internet's and shit, man. That's the thing though, like man, that's the internet. Look, we live. I live in real life. I don't care what I've done or what ends up on the internet. I don't mm-hmm. care how bad it looks. I'm going to be like, man, I don't get no fuck, man. I'm about to go out here and live my life. That is not going to stop me from being the great person that I am being or trying to be. It happened. You move the fuck on, man. And that's what they don't understand, man. And so, I mean, if people understood that, like, it would, man, we wouldn't even have a whole generation that's lost behind us. That's why, that's why I love what Dave Chappelle said when he was talking about they were trying to cancel him. He was like, y'all trying to cancel me? Cancel me? He's right. like, nigga. He's like, nigga. I don't live on the internet. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, man. It's like, and and plus, a person like Dave, he people like Dave Chappelle been a, been around before the internet. So it's like, bro, my audience is not the internet. You know, I don't rely on the internet. Like with uh, Kevin Hart, you know, when he had his. You know, Kevin Hart more so relies on the internet and networking and stuff like that mm-hmm. with his social platform. So, like when that uh, joke about his son being gay resurfaced after ten years, which was pretty lame and petty, is like he had to go and do damage control on the internet and stuff like that because that's where his platform is mostly and stuff like that. But with Dave, it's like. You're talking about with Dave and with, even with Kevin Hart. You're talking about two comedians who had to get it out the mud. They had to oh, go yeah, to these definitely. clubs. They oh, had yeah. to get paid a dollar. They had to get paid a hundred dollars. They had to get paid fifty dollars. They had to sometimes just not get paid at all. Mm-hmm. Go all the way out to somewhere, do a show, and go back home for nothing. You know what I mean? That, you know, and, and whatever they got paid was basically to cover their airfare there and back, or their train ride there and back. And what people don't understand is when you put that t- type of time in and you build yourself up, some shit on the internet don't really fuck with you that bad unless you let it, you know. And yeah. salute to Kevin Hart because I think he's a I think he's a real I think he's a dope oh, yeah. ass guy. I like the movie that he uh he the series that he had that's on story. That's what I've been saying. I'm that like, shit was man. dope. So yeah, but what let me say this, let me say this. Oh my bad, my bad. Let me say this. Even with that, I don't think he should have uh I think he should have apologized for it once or twice. And he should have left it alone. He should have been like, man, y'all being petty over something I said. But the way that whole situation transpired and got out of hand, look, 
Harvey Weinstein and all these other guys that did all this shit, man. Like it took y'all years, you know what I mean, to to, to wake up to what the industry, to to, to what the uh, entertainment industry been doing, and they've been doing that for hundreds of years. Hundreds. They've been treating women like that for forever. Y'all jump on Bill Cosby. That was happening way before Bill Cosby even got there. But y'all ain't locking them up. Y'all prosecuting Bill Cosby. So, you know, when, when I see this, oh, Kevin Hart said this and we want him to apologize. Kevin Hart should apologize and move the fuck out the way, yo. He should That's just kept hard. going. Like, yo, I, I said it. I was young. I was immature. I didn't have an understanding of life at the time. And where I'm from, this is how I grew up. You know, these are things I was dealing with at the time. But I'm sorry for what I said. You know, I did. I didn't mean it. Uh, I, I I don't mean it at the time. You know, I was a different person at the time. But we all grow up. We all mature, and I have matured at an exponential amount. And I'm a better person. Mm-hmm. Like what y'all trying to hold against me then? You know, that's some hating ass shit, man. We are just hating hate that shit, especially when people some motherfucking that. haters, man. Like I can understand that that's the same person that I was back then, but I'm definitely not the same person yeah. now. When your star is rising or when you're just doing better in life, people will always try to use some shit from 10 years ago to make that define who you are today. And it's like, no. No, it ain't. And his maturity level is, is so different. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, if he was still doing that same shit, then you will go, yo, look, look at what he's doing. He, he was doing it 10 years ago. He's doing it now. Like, I could see exactly. that. But look at the gro- growth and maturity of Jay-Z. Look, the, look at the growth and maturity of a Nas. Look at the growth and maturity of a Bun B, of a Scarface, like Ice Cube, guys like that. Like, those are times where they were walking as men who didn't have an understanding about people and things like that. You know, like, we were different at that time. And for people to hold like try to pigeonhole him to to that that's that's just that's just very that's just childish man and it just lets you know that that some people don't they don't have much they don't have much else going for themselves oh they really don't they really don't but you know as as you get better in life man there's always somebody that doesn't like seeing always because they're disappointed their self that they're not evolving as a person so they probably did not like that person like as an entertainer but they really don't know that person as a person. So they're like, well, I can't stop the success as an entertainer. Let me nitpick at that person. Let me yeah. talk about what he did as when he didn't know better to make it seem like he's a bad person when that's not it, you know, because like with the Bill Cosby shit, man, you have Roman Polanski messing with little girls, the director, Woody Allen and stuff like Woody, that. Woody Allen, yep. Yeah. And nobody never took their shit off, you know. Um, and here's the other thing with uh, Kevin Hart. Who sat around and went back 10 years ago about a tweet? Hey, the way they be coming up with memes and have whole threads, it's, it's some people that just that have the time. You would never think they have the time, but these people have the time. And to sit got- around and do that, bro, like you, you, you are... I hope your life is, I hope you, you got a lot going on in your life that makes man, you way you better crypto, than that. Hope you crypto king in this bitch. Man, <laughs> man, I hope you're doing something productive because to, to go through somebody's tweets and do that, yikes, man. Like, who are you? Because I don't even like wasting energy on replies that I feel that's disrespect. I'll probably write it out, but then I already know it's going to be like a back and forth. I just erase it. Man, bro, even if, if, if you ain't part of the homies, if I don't know you, I'm not responding to nothing. I'm not responding. I just be okay. 
Yeah. That'd be the that'd be the best thing to say. That's something that I adopted in my. Uh, I don't even do that. I just, I feel you, but I'm gonna tell you just with anything, just diffuse anything, relation, all that. You don't want to. Hey, you got it, or no doubt. That'd be yeah. <laughs> no doubt that you got it. That just snipped yeah. all that in the bud. And, and I've been I've been around people, man. That still bring up the past. Hey, I remember when you did this. Hey, I remember when you did that. Now when they trying to make a joke about some of this shit. Like, I don't mind. I'm like, oh, yeah, you remember? That was crazy. Like, you know, we was young and being stupid and dumb. But when when you're trying to, like, bring me down or bring up that, like, that's the only thing that I, I, I'm about. Yeah. That's when I just start looking at you like, yo, the maturity level is really not there. Damn line between reminiscing and hating. <laughs> Ain't it, man? Ain't it, man? Because <laughs> you could be like, yo, and it, it's all about the delivery. Like I was saying, you'd be like, oh, gee, remember? Remember we was wilding? And then when it can be, man, I remember. Look at this nigga. I yeah. I, man, this nigga, man. Bro, I remember you. You remember when I you remember. did such and such? Like, yeah, I remember when I did that. I remember. Yeah. All right, what am I doing now? <laughs> you know? Yeah. That'd be the thing. It'd be so many people that be just so silently just they'll they be watching they don't like to say they watching but they be watching they be watching and then the thing the other part about it is they be mad at them they really just psychologically they just be mad at themselves for not doing nothing right oh i got it used to be let me say this and i'm not gonna say nobody's name but it used to be a girl in my dms all the time and she would um she would tell me how proud she was of me right she Mm -hmm. that this was this was how it started years ago years ago this is not the recent so um i don't want nobody to think that i'm talking (laughs) about them this is years ago but she would be in my uh dm telling me how proud she was of me this that and the third and we would we would chat and i never gave her my actual number because i didn't want to i didn't want to invite her into into my life because i didn't i didn't know her at that point right Mm -hmm. like we, we we knew each other through school and all this other stuff but now that we've graduated school and we're making our lives and we're making these choices for ourselves I don't know you, you know what I mean? And at that point in time, like this was around when my mom was dealing with stuff and I'm not letting anybody into my life. So I I got this youth program going. I'm posting little video clips about the youth program or I'm telling people, yo, come step, stop by all this stuff. And then one day she hit me in the inbox and she, she, I forgot what, man, I forgot how it went, but she said, I'm proud of what you're doing. You're working with the youth and everything like that. She said, you come a long way from from where you were, because I remember when you do used to do this, that, and the third. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, we grow up from those things and we move right. forward in life because that's what life is about. Life is about progression. It's about growth and development, right? It's exactly. about knowing It's about knowing where you come from, but trying to improve those things for yourself and the people around you. So I went on with the conversation like that. And then in her next message, she put, you know, like that's when LOL first came out and you know, all that shit. She put the smiley face, the laughing faces. And she was like, nigga, you ain't shit. You know what I mean? You think you better than everybody. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I know, but that just threw me for a loop. <laughs> right. And then she said, I remember when you used to do this, that, and the third. I remember being in high school with you. And I was like, yeah, I was like, that all that is true. And I'm and I was like, but don't ever get it fucked up or twisted. Like, I'm still that nigga. Like, that ain't never left. It's just that we aged and we've outgrown certain things. Like, I can't, I can't wear the same clothes I used to wear 15 years ago because they don't fit the same anymore. You know what I mean? So I was trying to explain that to her. But she was trying her best to harp on these old things and bring them up. And I was like, 
that's fine, but that it don't do nothing for me. Like I'm not affected by any of that stuff. Yeah, she's trying to see if she can bring that out that you can see. I like, see there. Yeah, you never change. And that'd be the thing when you don't give that, when you don't give people the reaction that they looking nope. for, make them even more. Even more. Because you see, like you were saying, she tried to double down on it and shit like that, trying to have you reach a point. Like, shorty. You, you ain't getting that. My mind is so, uh, I'm not about to come down. You have to come up to me. I'm not about to come down. To you. I'm not coming down. I'm not coming down. I'm not going down the stairs. I'm trying to go up the stairs to a goal. And not only that, you're talking about a dude that reads books and and, and 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 read the book about Adolf, Adolf Hitler, Mein Kampf. I read his book. I read some of these psychology books. I read, you know what I mean? Like I understand certain things. Like I'm not going there with you because that's that's a lonely road. So what you're doing is you're trying to trick me into a conversation that's about nothing. Mm-hmm. And then when I get there with you, you won. But why would I want to give you that win anyway? Exactly, man. Exactly, man. Why would I give you the win? All I got to do is just stay up, stay above all that bullshit that you kicking and keep on living my life. So then later on, like, let me finish this part. Two weeks later, she, she, she sends me a message on Facebook messenger. And she says, Hey, I'm sorry about what I said. You know, um, I was having a bad time. I was going through some stuff and I was drinking and I said some stuff and I really didn't mean it. I was like, it's fine. And then she says, I would like for us to hang out. We've been messaging all this time and, and you've never asked to hang out. So I would like for us to get together and hang out. And I said, no, thank you, love. I'm cool. <laughs> Blew her mind. She, she, and she went on another rant. Bitch ass nigga, you a pussy, you a hoe. I understand why niggas from this era, uh, block didn't like you and niggas from over here didn't like you. And let me say this. I almost went there and said, man, fuck you and them niggas and tell them I said it. I almost said that shit. Right. But knowing that, she probably would have been like, guess what they, guess what he said. And it wasn't even that. It was just the fact that, oh, you really want to get a reaction out of me mm-hmm. over some small petty shit. Look, I just told you I didn't want to hang out with you. Like, that should have been enough. That should have been. That should have been. It's the same way it went when men approach y'all and y'all don't y'all don't want to talk to the guy and, and y'all tell us no and then the dude stop calling you a bitch and all that like that's the same shit. That is it's the same that shit. Is. Like you should just be willing like you know what okay cool blah 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 blah. When it comes to disrespect, there is no gender bias, especially somebody being uh, rejected. You know, I never understood why a dude would do that because they'd be like. When a girl reject me, I'll just be thinking like, well, I still think that I still think you decent. Shit, <laughs> you just not feeling the nigga right now. <laughs> yeah, and that's how I feel about it. It's like, damn, she rejected me, you know, but I'm still gonna move on with my life. And then at the same time, I still tell you, I still think you're a beautiful woman. Exactly. And, and I keep on going. Boom. I keep going. That's the same thing. I'm like, hey, no doubt. <laughs> you want to know what though, Steph? We What's were up? raised different than some of these guys out here. So the guys that be talking about women calling them bitches and hoes after they get turned down in rejection, that's a lower form of themselves. That's that mental part of them that's not mature enough to handle rejection, bro. Yeah, yeah, you know, because, um, you know, I, I grew up with my uh, mom and my sister and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, you always think like, man, would you like, you know, you always think, would you like somebody calling your mom and your sister that just because they ain't one because especially when you be hearing these stories that dude just hopping straight out the car 
you know, with a knife, like, man, yeah. you don't give me your number. Girls be damn near coerced into giving their numbers and stuff to do Facts. stuff like that. Or even, you know, when they get, they probably give the dude their number, they get up. Some women be feeling coerced into sex because they feel like if I don't get to do some sex, something, something might, he might hurt me or some yeah. stuff. Like yeah, that. and that, and that's harassment overall. Like, why are you harassing? Why are you assaulting a woman just because she wouldn't give you a hard number? Like, get the fuck back. And because I do have sisters, right? I mm-hmm. got sisters. I am. I would not appreciate any guy doing that to my sister, knowing the type of bullshit that. I could get into, especially when we were younger. Like, man, do you know what could happen to you doing that shit in this community around exactly. all these people that know us? Exactly, man. That's you know, I, and, and I just and that's the thing with with men. You just don't understand because it's like all men, majority of men are not like that at all. But you have that, but you have that pocket of men that are because shit, we done. We cut off friends that we heard that was fucking like either messing with younger girls or or on some other bullshit with women because that's not what we stand for. You know, it's like, how can you say you stand for this higher thing, but you let but you hang around with a motherfucker that practice something that you're completely against and things like that nature. That's another thing that I never understood. I was never I never understood after we graduated high school how how grown ass men or supposed to be grown ass men that were like 25 years old. Why the fuck was you up at high schools? Like I never understood that I shit. Never, I never understood that in high school because I, I I was like a senior. I had to take this health class with a bunch of freshmen. So it was a freshman girl. You know, she was pretty developed, so uh, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I heard her talking about how she had a 27-year-old boyfriend. I'm like, thinking to myself, that nigga's sick. I'm like, ugh, that's nasty, you know? Yeah, Like, some of them who definitely want to go to the principals. Yeah, yeah and, but <laughs> it is nasty. But it, for some reason, that has been that has been okay in the community for, for a, a long time, and I never understood I why. And, I don't and, understand it. Cause and I think and you think about you be like man are you thinking like you standing with the cat because he in the bins this twenty year old in the bins I'm like you know like think about it for a sec if I'm twenty some if I'm even twenty in the bins I know I can probably get a thirty year old in that bins it's like what where's that man mentality at? that's what I'm saying like what where's the mentality of the man and of the mother or the guardian to allow that to happen like I I. When I used to see that as a kid, like when the girls, you know, and they used to say that they were too, uh, we were too immature for them. They right. Would be getting the car, they would be getting in the car with guys 25, 26 years old. Mm-hmm. Like, bitch, I'm like, bitch, you my age. What the fuck you mean I'm immature? You ain't you, got you, what he got. I right. Mean, do you know that you're being preyed on? I remember, like, my birthday late in the year and stuff like that. Okay, so in high school, you know, I'm not turning 16 when everybody else 16 and stuff like that. There's one girl I was like, man, how come you ain't got no car? I'm like, uh, well, once I one, I need a license, and two, I'm fucking 15. <laughs> what the fuck is you talking? And it's January, my birthday in October. So man, I- <laughs> like I bro, I always I always had a problem with that, man. And 
you know, I don't want to speak on this brother, but I'm going to bring this up anyway. Yeah. One of the homies, one of the OGs. Yeah. Told us one time, um, cause you know, we moved around the city, you know, growing up, I don't know what they do now, but we used to move around the city. We'd be all over driving cars and shit like that. Even if we stole them, you know what mm. I mean? Like we used to be all over the city. I'm just saying what, what the hey, truth is. It is, what it is. Yeah. We used to have fun out here in this bitch. One of the OGs was like, yo, go get, go get my niece and my, and my daughter from school. And we was like, what school is she at? And he gave us the keys to the car. He said, yo, they're going to be dressed in such and such and such. And they go to Kenwood and get them. So we had to go to Kenwood and pick up his niece and his sister. Right. Now, a certain singer was up there. And then we realized, like, oh, this is why he wanted us to come up here and get them. So when right. we got back to the crib, we asked him, we was like, yo, um, we saw a dude up there. He was like, yeah, that's why I told y'all to go, go up there and get him. Because if I see the motherfucker, you know, he may not make it. He may not make it. You know what I mean? And we was like, oh, is it that bad? And then he broke it down to us at that time, what was going on. He's like, if anything happened to my niece or my daughter, like that, like shit's going to get real out here. It's going to get very real. And I was like, wow. Yeah, Kimwood was that spot. That that, that that spot that was a spot and that was a, it was, there was a couple of park I mm. park I want to say Whitney Young I want to say them four schools motherfuckers was going up there praying on them little girls man because at the same time you know 16 17 16 17 don't look like this but at the same time 16 17 they look like our parents 16 and 17 either and stuff like that and, and I, I, I will say this, you know, in every era, there has always been young girls and young men who look older than what they than what their bodies actually say. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. I, I grew up with some man. Listen, in my class from the V, there were some beautiful women that I went to school with that are still beautiful now. And some of them have the same body or it has matured and looks better now. But they were they were bad back then. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it, but with that man, with the with the with the young women, man, it's all about knowing that they love. You know, that's why I always shower my daughter with love. You know, I never mm-hmm. bring parents into it. You know, because nowadays it's like, how much love are you getting because of the money you have, or how attractive people seem. You know what people think of you of your attractiveness, and that seemed to be like the end all be all for these young women. It's like, man, well, if I don't look good, damn, I mean, it means that I'm nothing. You know, motherfuckers like motherfuckers quick to get BBMs before they let their body mature. And I'm not saying you know it's your body do what you want, but let your body mature first. You don't even know which way your body gonna go first before you adding all this all this bullshit on you and stuff like that. And let me speak on what you just said. It is very important for a young girl to have both parents in their life. But it's very important for them to get the love at home first, because you don't want no outside of being able to manipulate them. And like anything can happen, even if you do give them love. Yeah. However, it is very important to tell tell your kids, tell your young boys, tell your young girls that they are handsome, that they are beautiful and, 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 and be able to work and give them certain types of game as kids, as young adults. You know what I mean? To make sure that they understand 
what's being said to them outside of the house because you don't want nobody to be able to pick them off and be able to manipulate them as 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 mm-hmm. children. It's very important. But that's what it be because it be because we done heard stories. Girls be out here on their own at. 14, 15 and stuff. And maybe because they're raised by their grandmother and it's like so much a grandmother or grandparent could do because they can't be as active and stuff like that. And you have some 20, some prey, some predator come along like, oh girl, man, this, this, and this. And she hasn't heard this type of, these type of uh, um, compliments, which is not, they really shallow, you know. <laughs> This game, anybody, game is being ran on. Because anybody can tell you pretty and stuff like that, you know, but you don't even know the person and shit like that. So, um, you know, it's good to let, you know, instill confidence in these young kids and stuff instead, instead of uh, just giving their love to somebody because what they think they have or they feel that they're filling the void because that's a very dangerous game right there, man, because that, that woman can... Can start off as a beautiful flower and end up as you know, as a as a dying rose and stuff. Man, or a rose with a bunch of thickets around it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. can't nobody get to her. So it's very it's very important that as 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 men, as fathers, as women, as mothers, that you pour into your children. You tell them that they are beautiful. And you tell them that they are they will be great. And you pour those things into them. You show them it's important to have different levels and different types of intimacy with them. So they have an understanding Mm -hmm. of that because when you don't do it, there's always some creepy bastard out here lurking in the shadows. That's willing to show them something different that you don't want them to see. Exactly, Um, man. And our kids are important. Our kids are our future and we have to protect them, you know, different levels of intimacy. We have, we have to do that. Um, me having a youth program and hearing some of the stories or seeing some of the things that was happening with these kids. It was important at times it took for me to tell them, yo, y'all could be great at whatever y'all want to do. It's already in you. And it's just, just pushing them, inspiring them, motivating them to keep going and things like that, because this is, it's some, it's some sick fucks out here, man. And some of these guys, you may, you may walk past them every day and don't know it. or, Or if you like me, you might have to actually end up putting your motherfucking hands on one of these dudes and beating the fuck out of them so he has an understanding that you're really serious about this. You really are, you know, because even though, like, my daughter and her mother is not together, you know, she has she's moved on, have a boyfriend, and, you know, I don't think he's a bad dude, but, you know, I always just have a talk with him, like, man, is everything good? And it's just being the general, like, man, are you good? Yeah, anybody touch you or nothing like that? And he's like, no. Nah. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm not saying that because, you know, such and such. I'm asking that just in general. because yeah, You got to check. You got to check. You got to find out. Mm-hmm, because I don't want you to feel like you have to be afraid to talk to me about anything and stuff like that. Because so so many times when a mother knows she on some bullshit, they have they make it where they be telling the kids to like they, your father or the other parent don't know what's supposed to go on in this house, even when I'm like, and that's what I tell them, I'm like, well, if it's with your mother and, his, and and her boyfriend relationship, I don't care. But when it's directly with you, and if it's you and your mother, tell me, you know, because that's that's my business and stuff like that. And never Absolutely. be afraid to come to me if you feel something 
is wrong, wrong, you know, and don't ever tell you, don't ever let your mother manipulate you into lying to me and stuff. Not saying that she does, but I just say, you know, just in general, don't, don't do that because I want you to feel like you can come to me anytime. And anytime you just feel trusted, you know, like I'm here to talk to you because, you know, growing up, you know, I parent the way that I wanted, that I wanted to be parent. You know, so many times growing up, you was afraid to talk to your parent because you think it would be a whooping for, for having a mistake and stuff like that. So with my kids, I'd be trying to tell them, like, you know, you don't got a lot of me. And stop thinking if you did something wrong, that's a whooping because you probably didn't even know what you was doing. Yeah, and I, I, saw, I, saw, I had a conversation with my mom uh, as a grown man, as an adult, and I told her that I was like, you know, uh, a lot of the times me and you had conflicts with each other. Because what you tried to do with me is the same thing niggas on the street tried to do. Like, you can't instill fear in me and then think that I'm going to be okay with you. Exactly. Trying to have a conversation with me. Like, no. I, and I told her, like, she was like, well, I'm your mother. And I was like, y- you are my mother, but you don't understand in my, in my brain how what you were doing sounds to me. I don't like, especially human beings, I, 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 can, I can deal with my own fears. But I exactly. don't like fear coming from an outside source trying to be pushed and, mm-hmm. and, and thrown at me and, 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 and fed to me. And I told her that was a lot. Of, I told her at certain times in, in life growing up, that's why I, re, I just naturally rebelled because you were trying to do things through fear. And exactly. I don't I don't respond well to that. And that's why I, I have to tell my mama that, too, you know, because like um, I had, you know, she was telling my kids right but you know it was kind of intense i'm like you know you need to just yeah fall back like you're doing it you're doing it you're doing too much and because they don't understand that or maybe they, and they may have said things uh a gang of times to the child or the children yeah. and they didn't hear it they didn't pick it up and then when mm-hmm. the man steps in we're able to say it a lot calmer a lot smoother uh manner and they catch on to it but that's right. just a matter of just us being involved so instead of saying it in a threatening manner to the child or using fear, just say, well, I, isn't there another way to do it? Just I, don't let me tell your daddy. You want me to tell your father what you did or what you over here doing? Exactly. There are different ways to go about doing that instead of just trying to pump fear into people, man. Exactly. Because like with me, you know, I like to keep it light, but still fine. You know, I'd be like playing like, man, I can kick you in your chin right now. Well, why didn't you, you know, like that? Because they know I won't kick them in their chin. Right. Or I can bite your ankle right now, boy. Pick that stuff, you know, stuff like, like bite me on my ankle. We yeah. talk about pops, but it's just like that, you know. I just like to come at them real calm because, like, I have, I remember like the last time I whooped my son, and I was like, man, that shit was more emotionally and mentally draining for me than it was for him. And shit. I'm like, and that's when I was like, man, I'm done whooping my kids. Why that's was it? Why was it uh, draining for you? There's one, these little motherfuckers be strong as hell. <laughs> you try to hold them, you try to do all that. You, uh, uh, now you hearing them, no, please. You know, that's fucking with your mind and shit, man. And you just be tired physically. You be like, damn. 
I did all that for fucking five lashes. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to raise my kids with fear. I'm trying to raise them within love, man, because I love my kids. And I know how it is. I can, and I, and I feel like I empathize with my kids a lot more because I was that, I was a knucklehead. You know, I yes, was, you were. I was a knucklehead. I was getting in trouble all the time and stuff like that. It wasn't really, it was met with a whooping first and then a talk to later and stuff like that. It wasn't really no, do you understand what you're doing? Do you understand the things that you're doing? It wasn't that. It was more so ruling with an iron fist, which isn't our uh, parents' fault because before them, they only knew what their parents taught them. That's it. That's it. And we're not, we not, we not putting the fault on nobody, but we all we're doing is saying that there's a different way to implement the game plan other than just yelling and screaming, trying to pump fear in the children. Um, there's more than one way to count. There's more than one way to add up the 10. Yeah. I remember uh, briefly, I'm going to say this. I remember we would be playing basketball, it'd be me, Steph, Q. It'll be a bunch of us out there. And one day he, First, it was just us, everybody from outside of 87, you right? Know, like, like of, of Clyde and Merrill, and, and, and then some of the people off on the other side of Jeffrey. Like, we we all hanging out, we playing basketball, and we at the field house. And then you, Q, and the rest of y'all came down there. And I don't know where y'all came from, but y'all motherfuckers was on one. Y'all was on 10. Y'all had some energy to y'all. <laughs> Man, it's my, it's my Steph, while we playing. Mr. Ali had, I think Mr. Ali had issues with you too because you was, he was always irritating like a motherfucker. <laughs> always, always fucking with people, man. Always pushing, just pushing the right button, not the wrong button, but just, just pushing the right button. <laughs> and, fuck with people. and this was when the sister, well, who was it? Drew Hill came out. Man, do y'all know we we doing like a layup oh. line? This man, motherfucking Steph, sings the Drew Hill song. The wrong way. I All right. Up. I remember that. I bust you up did. laughing so hard. <laughs> man, Mr. Ali was upset. I'm dying laughing. Man, I'm laughing so I remember, hard. I remember that song. It was the remix of Sleeping in My Bed. But yeah, this man. In my drawers, messing with my balls. <laughs> and he, ladies and gentlemen, he was singing this shit. Mr. Ali was so fucking mad at him because I couldn't do a lay. I feel I, I almost broke a rib laughing so hard. Man. <laughs> I almost broke a rib, and he was like, "Hey, hey, get out of here! Go, go run some laps with them." Yeah, I remember that. That man came back. He ran like two, three laps. Now, for those who don't know, Jesse Owens is a big part. All right, so it's almost a mile all the way around. And he told my man to go run like two or three laps. So that's like two, three miles that he had to do. <laughs> man, that man came back. He did his laps, came back out the running. He get back. We shooting jump shots now. He out there shooting, I think, left-handed or whatever. He's shooting his jump shots. And all of a sudden, he just started humming it like, sleeping in my drawers, messing with my ball. Man, I must have died <laughs> laughing again. And, and next thing you know, everybody is singing that goddamn song. <laughs> everybody. And, and then after that, Mr. Ali, couldn't he couldn't control it. So he was like, oh, y'all just leave. Oh, y'all, everybody, everybody out the park. Everybody out the park. We all, we all left there. He's like, man. So we started singing that shit loud as hell. 
I don't even know where we went after that. We went somewhere. Yeah. I think everybody split up. Everybody just went different yeah, I think ways. Everybody and stuff. Just, just went on, but that's yeah. it, hilarious. Man, that's all so that shit was just funny. <laughs> Bro, I was laughing so hard. That man had me out there like in pain. I was in pain laughing. I couldn't do a layup. I couldn't shoot my jump shot. I couldn't do nothing. Oh, man, now that's a memory, boy. That's yes, a fucking 20 plus memory. Man, right? that shit, that shit stuck with me, bro, for life. Like I was stuck with that. I was like, <laughs> my man's came up here and really made the songs talking about sleeping in my drawers, playing with my balls. I was uh-huh. like, get the fuck out of here. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hey, you know, I always like to laugh, man. Shit. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you 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 agitated the fuck out of Mr. Ali that day, and then I think Miss Collins came up there. Oh man, yeah. Miss Collins, she was definitely hard on players. Yeah, no, Mr. Ali was a lot harder on everybody than, than she was, and I, I understand why he was doing it because you know he was the male figure, and he was oh, trying yeah. to he was trying to keep the order in place, and mm-hmm. she, you know, if she couldn't keep if he if he couldn't keep the order, then she would keep the order. Because people were always more receptive um, to Miss to Miss Collins. Yeah, she you know, she, yeah, she was good people too. She was definitely good people's man. Those motherfucking day camp trips, the end of the year day camp trips used to be there. To, uh, Santa's Village. See, that's another thing kids don't be having, man. Man, look, I had took my kids to day camp, and it was like last minute, so it was like at Hamilton Park in Inglewood. I saw the price. I'm like twenty five bucks. I'm like, uh, all right, son, because you ain't gonna be in the crib because you know I start working on the movies and stuff. I'll be on set and stuff every day, so you need somewhere to go be productive. And I'm like, all right. They had us buying waters and stuff. I'm like, damn, I don't never remember my mom having to buy waters and stuff. But I was thinking, I'm like, damn. The resources and stuff. It the count was twenty five bucks. Yeah, you know you get what you pay for and stuff like that. And it's just like, man, you know, it's a lot of we need that stuff like badly within communities, man. It, it seems like all those programs got taken away, man. Like there's nothing. Like these kids don't have nothing to do. You go to a field house or something like that. There's almost nothing going on it's inside these places at all, especially in the summer. I'm like, man, y'all. What are y'all doing? There's no basketball tournaments. There's no uh, uh, winter or fall football tournaments. No winter oh, basketball. Man. There's nothing going on year-round for these kids, man. Oh, and then I try to take my kids up to the Jesse Owens Park. I see 13-year-olds up there smoking. I be thinking to myself, boy, y'all lame. Come up here at 9 like all the other teams used to do. Who wants to be up here? And prompts. And like, first of all, it's like very disrespectful. Like, motherfuckers be thinking they're cool. When you, in reality, you look lame as hell when you're here at 2 p.m., 3 p.m., summertime, playground full of five, six-year-olds, and y'all trying to smoke like... Yeah, take that's... Take that shit somewhere else. That's not cool. Yeah, go, like, go kick it in somebody's basement or go. I'll be go having it. Gee, I'll be having it. And that was a father, man. Or go sit on the other side of the park. Because I remember people used to do that when we would be at the park. They would go to the other side of the park. Go to the other side because kids. Yeah, we out here playing. Kids, come on. And like as a father, man, I'd be having to check. I don't want to say check people, but check your respect, man, because you be around your kids. I'd be like, like on the train, motherfucker. Light up a, a, a cigarette. First, you ain't even supposed to be smoking on the train. But two, I'd be like, hey, my man, 
Come Kids. on, man. Kids here. And then I'm, I'm trying to get to my destination. Why are you smoking on the train? Why don't right. you just hop off and do all that? Right. I'm, oh, my bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. Motherfucker screaming. And, like, I have my kid. Have a curse and scream. Like, yo, my mans. I got a kid right here. Like, nobody want to hear all that, man. Shit is, shit is, it's, it's weird out here, man. Weird, man. People, the morals and the codes are very lost. And I just hope that the, because I think that people like my age and, and, and sort of like trickling down also enjoy being fathers, love being leaders. And it's going to be, the code is going to be, um, the, Morals is going to stay intact. It's going to stay, it's gonna intact. stay intact. It may skip a generation, but it's coming after that. I don't, I don't think it's going to skip it. I think it's going to skip some of the people throughout well, the yeah, generation. I'll say that. It, it will. It, some people won't get it. Some people do. Yeah, some people I mean, what, what, but what we're looking at is, and it's no disrespect to nobody, right? Like no, we, def- really we, we definitely see that there are young men and women your age or even my age. I mean, we were on the same age, around the same mm-hmm. age or even younger. Their parents that our parents, they 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 didn't have a code. Exactly. That are our age. To be mm-hmm. honest about like they didn't they didn't have that code. They didn't have that morals and values and ethics. So they let their kids run rampant and do what the fuck they want to do. And now this is a the end goal of it. like you see kids that are 20, 23 years old, 24 years old having kids and they don't even know how to conduct themselves. They don't. They don't. Man. They don't know how to co-parent. They don't know how to do all these things together. You know what I mean? It's just like, yo, something was lost in the sauce, you know, and that may have been because their mother and father may have been working or they just weren't there and they may have been left alone. I understand that. I'm not down to nobody. Though. I had nobody. You never down nobody. It's yeah. That, you just know that that code wasn't there. And, and for me, a code, like, I ain't saying a code, but you got to give your kids morals and values, things that they should and shouldn't do. You should always be respectful to people older than you. Oh, yeah. Anytime you are in public, you are a representation of me as I am a representation of you. You are a representation of your family as your family is a representation of you. So we don't go out and do crazy wild things because we don't want to look bad and we're expecting you to do the same thing. Exactly. And that's all that is to it, man. You know, that's what we mean by code. It's just a code, like unwritten laws that just being a good person. It's like, like what I be telling my kids, I'm like, now you have intuition for a reason and you and, and you felt funny because you already knew that shit was bad. So why would you even continue doing it? You know what I'm saying? And it's all about that. It's just about, you know, guiding their choices to make the right choice. You want them to make their own choice, but you want to guide them into making logical choices. Yeah. That may work for them. It may not work out, but as long as you think through that choice. And then also be a leader. Because my grandma always told me, like, son, grandson, or whether or not, if you ever go to jail, always be the leader and not somebody running behind nobody. Because then I know you made your own choice to do that and you wasn't just following behind no motherfucker. And now look at you locked up because you running behind some nigga. Right. <laughs> you the nigga that's running it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you should always, uh, always do what's in your best interest as long as you're not trying to hurt nobody, but Exactly. Um, it's a lot of people that are out here being followers just because they want to fit in. 
uh, lack of lack of self confidence and self esteem. But you mm-hmm. always, you know, and and all that's fine. You know, you got to find it some way somehow. But I will I will prefer if everybody were to use their own mind as an individual. And there's nothing wrong with being an individual as long as it adds to the collective. But I always use your brain to 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 make the right decisions because you don't be a lemming. Don't be a limit. I think we said this on a podcast recently, man. Don't don't let somebody have a flute and be leading you off to the oh, edge of a cliff. Definitely. You know, like we, we don't we don't we don't we don't want more kids being a part of a generation that's going to jail or being in cars. I mean, or getting killed over over some nonsense. We need more thinkers and less workers. Definitely more thinkers, less workers, man. Yes, sir. That's all it is to it, man. Yes, sir, man. So what's up? What's up with this whole uh, this whole situation you're talking about, man? Working on movie sets now? Oh yeah. Um, well, the first movie I have really started in April. Um, the first movie that I worked is out on Amazon Prime right now. It's called uh, uh, Christmas is Canceled. You know, I was a, a production assistant on there. Uh, once again, my cousin Q he had made the connection for me because we are in a bike group, and he knew a person that works that also worked on movies and everything too. So he had put a bug in his ear and one day we was riding and me and him just chopped it up. And then one day in April, he was made a call like, hey, you ready? I'm like, hell yeah. So that, that month of April, I had started that. And then from then, I just made connections with people. They just referring me for jobs because they just liking my hustle. Like with, like with me, movies, I just love them. I always loved movies and stuff like that. I can just watch any type of movie, you know, don't matter the genre and stuff like that. Cause I just like, I, and I always say, I don't like to sound pretentious when I say it, but I'll be telling, like, man, I don't think your passion for movies run deeper than mine and stuff. Cause I, I pay attention to like a scene transition, the way the color is on the, on the type of scene that brings out the mood, how people use music or, or the, or a city as a, as a as a secondary character it's like i just look at movies i'm the type of dude that'll look at a movie on commentary just to hear the tricks of the trade and everything like that so when i got on set people just saw that passion because even then in the scene in the movie it's a christmas movie and the house that we were shooting at the the uh house number was 1225 so me just always looking out for easter eggs i'll be on marvel movie Easter egg channels and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I was just asking like the assistant director and everybody like, hey, did y'all um, shoot at this house because it was 1225? And they was like, huh? I'm like, 1225? Christmas? And they were like, oh, you know, I didn't even think about that. So I saw the director and I had asked her the same question. And she was like, are you the person that been asking that? And I was like, yeah. And you're like, you know, we had never thought about that, but now that you have bought that to mind, we're going to get a shot of that. And sure enough, when I saw our premiere, I put it on my, I put it on my uh, IG story and shit. And I was like, that's the Steven shot right there. You know? And I told him like, Hey, I had tagged. I'm like, you got a vouch for me. And she had reposted it like true story. So it was just that I was just happy, man. And then from then over the summer, I I had been doing commercials. I had did a um, Home Depot commercial. I had did an Adidas commercial with Hebrew Brantley. Okay. Like, and then doing the commercial, um, 
he has shown me how to stretch canvas because how the commercial was is going to have some of his paintings on there and stuff like that. So you got a whole professional teaching you how to do shit like that. He actually does when he's selling the painting, framing the painting, showing you how to stretch canvas and everything like that. I thought that was cool. Got a whole bunch of merch and stuff like that. And then just keep building um, relationships because like they always say, man, you know, it can be two types of people in this uh, industry. You know, it can be a person that really don't know nothing, but you know, you're just so eager to learn and the joy to be around. And then you have a person that's like an ass. He does know things, but nobody don't want to be around them. They'd rather be with person A than person B because on sets, you're there for like at least 10 to 12 hours and you're not even thinking if you're running over and stuff. So wouldn't you rather be around a person that's enjoyable, that's eager to learn than a person that, that knows something, but he just like, you just don't want that energy and stuff. So I saw that a lot and people just love my energy and everything like that. And then another thing is like, man, you see, there's not a lot of, um, black people within these industries and stuff like that you know so so it's like man you know it is a privilege for me but i'll be thinking like man i can't wait so i hit my number because like like the way i'll be moving i don't move like other pas and stuff because most of them because i'm like real older like in this general sense of things like i got in real late and most of the people are coming from film school so mm -hmm. them doing production assistant work with me that may be like picking up orders, driving around. You know, they may feel that's beneath them because they went to a whole ass um, film school for that, you know? So like, I, like they had probably had me doing most of the running around. You know, I'd be like, all right, cool. It's all good. I'm going to do They that. got shit. They got to make their way through that bitch too, though, at some point. Exactly. At so, some point. So like, they like, man, Steve, you will never be mad at, you know, you never... You always have a good spirit about it. I'm like, look, I done worked office jobs. I done been in the cubicle. Like, I love fucking movies. You know, I've been yeah. telling, like, the producer, like, man, I just love movies. So this is like a dream for me. And I know how movies work. Everybody, like, it's like a big-ass Ferris wheel. I can be that small lug nut. But if that lug nut ain't tight, motherfucking Ferris wheel going to come off the joint. That's a fact. That's a fact. You know, so that's how I like to, and that's how I like to think. And then when I'm, and and how I'm moving, I'm moving around to different departments because, like, a production assistant is basically like entry level to see which way you want to go. You may want to go grip, you may want to go camera, you may want to go production design. You know, you may it's so many avenues in in entertainment business. That's where the production assistant you just hang around that that uh, department that you see yourself trying to work on and then hopefully you get into there and then there's no looking back. So I'll be talking to like producer. I had met the uh, dude who did animation for this uh, thing called Death Note. It's on Netflix and stuff like that. And he showed me a thing that's called a script Bible, how people, cause I was asking like, man, how do you sell ideas if you don't have a script? And he has, he has sent me the links and everything. He has shown me how Stranger Things have packaged their shit. You know, you just basically give me like your inspirations and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I heard of this. Because like the director of Thor Ragnarok, the third Thor movie, he was saying how he had put together like 
flashes, like scenes from like Flash Gordon, like the things like that was going to inspire the look of the movie and things like that. So basically that's what a script Bible is or like that for anybody that wants to get into it and don't know. Cause trust me, like if I would have known this stuff, I would have known in 2004 when I really was trying to get into it, I'll probably be, I'll probably be real big director, but you know, the journey is the journey and I love yeah. it. Do you know what, uh, which direction you want to go in? Well, you know, ultimately I, I like to write and direct, but right now I told them grip because grip, those be the people that be setting up lights and everything like that to get that right shot, to make outside look like, like daytime look like nighttime, nighttime look like it's the sun outside. Yeah. Then from there, I want to move on to camera operation because the person that, um, the director of photographer, him and his wife, she was a producer with, and they had their own production company. So that's who I had did three movies with them this year. So the last movie that I just finished, um, they was asking me like, man, what do you want to do? You know, because I know you ain't trying to be a production assistant. I'm like, man, no, nah, you know, I want to, I want to do grip. And he's like, you want to do, I'm like, yeah, you know, I want to do camera, you know, because like with grip, I like when you ultimately become a director, you know, I know how I want the lighting and everything. I have that terminology now because I ain't go to film school. This like pay internship for me and shit. So I'm learning the lighting, how to different uh, different filters and everything. And then also move on to doing, knowing camera operation, being assistant camera and stuff like that. So now I know the operations of a camera and everything like that. Because, you know, um, everybody first project, like Spike Lee, you know, he the producer, the director, the writer, camera operator, editor, you know, you want to know, like with me, my thing was I want to know all the departments, all the departments. You want to know so how all the inner workings go to, go together that way. Whatever, whatever happens, you know how to deal with it. Exactly. <clears throat> and that's and that was my mind frame in it and stuff like that. So like ultimately I will be a, a writer, director, sell a sell a script, you know, maybe even ask to direct some stuff. But now this is my time where I'm just like, this is like college for me. This yeah, is you're taking it all in, yeah. I'm taking it all in, yes, paid sir. internship, you know? That's how I be seeing that. I be, people be like, man, you not tired yet? I be like, man, I, well, you don't understand. I am living the dream right now. Right, I'm doing <laughs> what I want to do. Like, I'm, I'm walking in it. I'm walking in it. I get to talk about movies all day. Like, I have friends that know I love movies, but I can talk to it. I can talk about movies that add nausea. They're like, boy, shut the fuck up. Yeah. But now I'm on the, I'm on the place where I can just say the most random movie line. You hear somebody 20 feet away shout the name of the movie where it's from. You'd be like, ah, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm, at, I'm, I'm at home. Right. Right. <laughs> and then you get to then you get to find out the inner workings of everything. So so you where you supposed to be at, my guy. Everything. I appreciate that, man. People just don't know. Like I always tell people, like, because I used to work for CPS. I used to wake up dreading going there. When you wake up dreading to go to your place of appointment, that ain't where you, you want to be. You don't you don't want to be there no more. No. When you just look into the to the skies and praying to the whatever power saying like, man, please just let me get out this job, but still get paid and stuff like that. Yeah, when you doing that. When you trying, when you getting up, like you said, dreading going to work or you get up and you trying to go play the lottery to get about that motherfucker. 
that means it's time to go, pimp. Time to spread your wings. And that's why we were saying, like, with COVID, man, COVID really let people sit down and really think about what they want to yeah. do. Sure you was working at home, but, you know, I've done seen people work at home. Some people just got to move a mouse to show that they active and shit like that. And you can really just do what you can do on the side and your comforts of your own home. Strengthen your hustle. Yeah. Make your ideas come to fruition. Yeah, a lot of people figured it. A lot of people, not a lot. I should say, some people figured it out. They they found their hustle. They found they they drive their motivation. I really did, and I love to see that, man. I love to see that. You know, hopefully by twenty twenty three, you know, it'd be a lot more black uh, business owners where we can be so sufficient with each other. We have our grocers. We have our our, our tailors. We have our clothing people. Yes, sir. We need all that. All that. We have our doctors and everything like that. All that. More of that. More, more of that, that. more, more of that. Cause multiply because we've done seen it with the black um with with the Tulsa Oklahoma and shit you know they like here take this but then when we build it up it's like man the motherfuckers doing that a little bit too good let's psh. or just like how Bronzeville you know people don't realize Bronzeville Chicago like from 35th 43rd especially 43rd those used to be like booming spots for black people and yes, stuff sir. Like yes sir yes sir we call it the low end exactly you know right the low end and shit but they come in and try to t- try to tear that up because one thing people do not like to see is black people working together and using their resources together and stuff they want to keep us divided with things and everything like that you know we see it now are you with biden or trump or vax or no vax it's like all that shit is just meant to cause division and stuff because when you see it ain't nothing good in it for nobody, black or white, you know, once you unplug from that proverbial matrix and shit, it's like, who can control you? That's nobody. what the, that's what this world is about, control, man. Talk about it. There it is. They're trying to control you, man. And I ain't like no super, you know, cheap exact, but you know, I know I once again we talk about intuition. It's just something just don't feel right. You know? intuition, intuition discernment just knowing better critical thinking all that good shit you know exactly. some people don't know how to do that on their own exactly i do not need nobody to tell me look this should be in the flag for anybody anybody telling me i'm not black if i don't vote for you that would make me be like what i'm not i don't oh a white man gonna tell me if i'm black or not if Talk i don't about it if I don't show you no support, man. Fuck about it. Fuck out of here. Bitch, I've been black my whole life. Man, right, right. you was locking motherfuckers up that look at look like me, sucker. Right. Exactly. You know, and just because you're the running mate of the everybody's favorite black person at the moment does not give you no type of no. license to speak on my blackness and stuff. And, like and, that. And, and, and all y'all sound suspect to me. Oh yeah. If I could get mad because a person like Q went to go talk to Trump, it's like, bro, you know how many enemies done talk before they had war? Just because you done talk to somebody don't mean. But the conversation was about helping us out and getting us in a better position. It wasn't about trying to be his friend or going in there and do puppet dances. It was about furthering the cause of black people, helping us out. That's what that was. That's what Q went to go do. Q didn't do anything wrong. That's and exactly, you know, and that's why I be thinking like for a person that done showed you like done walked the walk. The people that were mad at Q didn't even understand what was going on. Like, yeah, I keep voting for the same motherfuckers that keep hurting you. 
The same motherfuckers that keep giving you nothing every time you vote for them. They get your hopes up. They get your dreams up. They put on these stupid ass speeches and y'all fall for it. They, and they keep, they turn around and hurt you. Every four years, every eight years, they keep hurting you. And you know, it's funny now. It's like the new way to fucking sway, to sway voters in the Democratic is basically be like, say you smoke weed. And I'll be thinking like, damn, that's the bar is that low for us to be swayed. A person say they smoke weed, we should be like, hey, he's one of us. Like, bro, smoking weed don't make you cool. Motherfuckers smoke weed because they smoke weed. Yeah, everybody got a different reason to, but smoking weed don't make you cool. I know people who don't smoke weed at all. And they, and they, they, cool. and they dope as fuck. They some they dope, dope ass people. I dope love being ass. around them. Exactly, man. That'd be the thing. It's like, man, we have to stop seeing these little, these little vain, um, Whatever the, we just have to stop being so turned on by the visual, you know. Just because yeah, of, I, it's all propaganda. That's all. Yeah. Just it's because a person has a nice car doesn't make them a good person, you yeah. know. Yeah. You know? None of that. None, None of that. Of that. None Yo, of that. my man's. I appreciate you rocking with me, man. We done had a really good conversation. Oh man, definitely, my man. We definitely get you back on here another time, my guy. Oh, definitely. I appreciate the people that's out there listening. Man, all that, man. I, yes, indeed. I, I just really appreciate that we have a, a space that we can come to and just talk, you know. Anytime, anytime, bro. Anytime. Just hit me up. Oh, definitely, my boy. Uh, uh, give out your website. Give out your website, anything that you got going on. Oh, uh, well, um, I'm uh, doing my, still doing my uh, hoodies right now. They pre-order 50. So just go to my, um, if you have Instagram, brostuff84 or or uh, you can go to my Facebook, Bro Steph eighty or Brother Steph on Facebook, and just shoot me a DM, you know, and we can work, you know, get you a hoodie, you know. Other than that, you can follow me. I just, mm-hmm. be, I just be posting movies and jokes. Sometimes my kids, you know, nothing but love, though. You know, I'm not a place for uh, for nothing that's making black people look bad. I'm just about giving people their flowers. Raising this up to let people know how we are, because we yes, are sir. we come from royalty, and I want y'all to remember that too. So, salute to everybody, and much love to you, my dude. Yes, sir, my G. And remember the mission statement when you're striving for greatness: God never puts you in the driver's seat if it's taken. We mm-hmm. out. We out. You never heard that one? No, nah, but I like it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's that's one of my dope-ass lines. You're going to have to go look that shit up, bro. You know, I'll be spitting that shit, so, you know. <laughs>